When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code SPOTIFY to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code SPOTIFY at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code SPOTIFY. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Back with our preseason Big Ten breakdown, uh, and today we have Indiana coming in at six. Um, and it's hard to believe that last year they finished twenty and twelve, uh, nine and eleven, uh, and we're on pace to be the first tournament appearance for Archie Miller, uh, which is a little bit hard to believe under um, Indiana. Thirty um, fourth in Ken Palm, fifty sixth in the net. Um, is this a, a a year where maybe Archie Miller's on the hot seat, you think, Ron? You know, we, we just got done about Chris Holtman at the end of that podcast, and, and we're going to lead in with the same subject applying to Indiana in this one. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it's enough. I mean, he probably was going to make the tournament, which is kind of weird. We talked about in earlier previews, Purdue and Minnesota, where their overall records really didn't match their metric performance. If you looked at the metrics – and you said, boy, that's a, that's an NCAA tournament type profile. And yet they were not perceived to be in that mix. Whereas Indiana, from what I was able to find going back over that, you know, March seems like five years ago, right? <laughs> but, um, but I was able to go back over that, the bubble watch talk at that time and refresh my memory. And IU was generally seen as being in the field. What that tells you is that, you know, as an aside, is that for all the talk about how the committee is relying more and more upon metrics and less and less over raw data, like, you know, those pesky wins and losses. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm being facetious because one of the things that metrics tries to do, of course, is to smooth out wins and losses to account for things like strength of schedule and, you know, all of those sorts of things and flukiness. Yeah. But the fact is, IU was 56th in the net. That is very often a position where you are on the outside looking in as a high major. Mm-hmm. And yet, and they were 9-11 in the league. So it's not even like they could hang their hat on, hey, we had a winning record. But they generally were perceived to be in the field. And they had some nice wins, you know, beat Michigan State. Um, you know, they had some, they had some nice performances, but it just, it was weird. And maybe what we would have found is that the bubble watch was wrong and I was on the outside looking in. But either way, whether they just skated in or not, I don't think it's fair to say that Archie Miller has done a lot to endear himself to that fan base thus far. Let's remember, Archie Miller was for probably two or three years running, arguably the hottest, most speculated about name in college coaching because he had done a great job at Dayton. He had taken over for ex-Michigan State assistant Brian Gregory, right, mm-hmm. who 
kept Dayton competitive, but could never really get them over the hump. And that was a problem for BG because Dayton is perceived as a place you could win. It is historically considered to be a very good job. They're in the A-10, which is a, a multi-bid league often. So it's not like you're in a really tough scenario um, to make tournaments if you're good. If you're good in that league, you'll probably make the tournament. Archie Miller went in there and just tore it up. It was fantastic. And speculation was rampant, as I say, for two or three years running. What high major job is he going to take? And then IU finally decided to part, decided to part ways with Tom Crane and hired him. And everybody assumed, what a coup. This guy has been based in the, he's from Pennsylvania, but, and played at NC State, but his, a lot of his coaching career has been based in the Midwest. He was on his brother's staff, I believe, at Xavier. And then he was a head coach at Dayton for several years. So, man, you're, he's staying in the same state he's been in for a long time. He's won. He's recruited well. There's no reason to think that he's not just with IU's resources, with the tradition, what that program means to people in a talent-rich state. He's going to tear it up, and he hasn't. Um, and I think skating into a – uh, a high, you know, a, an eight, nine, ten seed in the tournament in year three is not exactly <laughs> something not that, that calls the, no. It doesn't call the dogs off. So, you know, and again, what I just said: you are the head coach at Indiana. You have everything on your side. You are in one of the best talent producing states in the country, and you are, despite the fact that there's a lot of competition for those players. You know, you have Purdue in state and they'll compete. Michigan state has long been a factor in Indiana and will continue to be. Other 10 schools have gotten in there. You know, occasionally a Duke or North Carolina makes their presence felt with an Indiana kid. Um, you are still the dominant school in a state that cares about basketball more than any other in the country and produces a lot of players. How, how can you not succeed? You know, Tom Crane for all the negativity, and I don't think he, I don't think he had a great case for keeping his job because mm-hmm. he disappointed too. But he at least won a couple Big Ten championships. He did that, you know. His failing was that he had some down years mixed in there, and never had an NCAA tournament breakthrough. Even the one year where he arguably had a team as good as any in the country, they got bounced in the Sweet Sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Archie Miller hasn't touched that. You know, we did the Chris Holtman, Thad Mata comparison. This is even worse because Archie Miller only has to clear a bar that by Indiana historical standards is not really that high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he hasn't been able to do it. So I do think, unlike Holtman, where I think I'm making more of it just because I find it strange that there's not more talk about how he's been a little disappointing, um, Archie Miller is a lot of talk about how he's been disappointing. And in that job, hey, if he doesn't get him to the tournament this year, look out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he'd be fired, but it also wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Uh, so then the players that they have leaving, Devontae Green, um, he averaged 10.8 points a game last year, 37 from the floor, 36 from three, and 71 from the line. Yeah, um, he's a tough one because – the production looks pretty good, and I do think he had his best year. And I think at times, you know, he, he lit Michigan State up a couple times. Um, 
at times he could look like a guy who could really carry you. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it's not an accident that his teams didn't win. He was a very high usage guy, not always the most efficient. And I think just not a guy whose presence was conducive to playing winning team basketball. It's the best way I can put it. I think it's probably going to be an addition by subtraction scenario. Not that he didn't produce and you've got to find ways to make up what he did, but I think they will. And I think the guys that will take those minutes will be better fits for team success. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. I just, he never seemed like a guy that was about winning to me. And I know that's a vague statement and it, it probably, I'll even admit, it probably doesn't mean very much in a tangible way. But you see, sometimes, man, the field test actually matters. <laughs> yeah. This didn't feel to me like a guy you win with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Justin Smith, who elects to transfer to Arkansas, um, 10.4 points a game, 5.2 rebounds, uh, 49 from the floor, 26 from three, and 67 from the line. Yeah, this is the one that they're going to miss. It kind of came out of left field because Justin Smith's been a guy who's played heavy minutes, played a big role. But um, the sense I got, there was a guy on the Spartan mag board who uh, had some interaction with him, believe it or not, in Chicago um, during the spring, just before he announced his departure. And the sense I got is, remember we talked about Luther Muhammad in the Ohio State preview, and yeah. I speculated that maybe it was about that he didn't feel he had sufficient offensive freedom to allow him to develop for the pro game the way he wanted to. I, I got a feeling with Justin Smith it's a similar scenario based on what I had seen. And, and it can't be about minutes because he got them mm-hmm. at IU. But it, I don't know if that's going to be a good move for him or not because I don't know that I believe he's a kind of player who will thrive with more freedom. I think he was pretty effective being used the way Archie Miller was using him. Could play the three, could also play the undersized four. Uh, really explosive athlete. I mean, in the post-mile bridges Big Ten, you'd be hard-pressed in a more explosive athlete than, than Justin Smith. Mm-hmm. And he rebounded well. He was a very good defender improved offensively, not a great jump shooter, of course, 26%, but was showing signs of getting better. I I just think it's a real loss for IU because he was a kind of a unique player for them. If they, if they still had him on this roster, I'd probably have him a spot or two higher. That's mm-hmm. how much I think of him. I think it was a big loss. Uh, and then Demezzi Anderson um, elects to transfer out as well to Loyola, Chicago. Um, now he, Played in 18 games, 2.8 points a game, 2.2 rebounds, so not a ton of pr- production from him. Um, yeah, probably the right move. You know, he was in a class that had a lot of attention a couple years ago and really hasn't panned out so well for IU. But in two years where they needed help, he just couldn't earn a consistent role. So, you know, I, I would say transferring down, Loyola's a good program. That's probably a good move. You know, he's, he's got a chance to maybe remake himself there. And I think it's probably what he needed to do because I, I don't think on this roster he'd be looking at a big role. Mm. Uh, and then Deron Davis, um, who a big guy who had a lot of potential, um, but just 
Never really quite figured it out. Only nine minutes per game last year. 2.7 points and a, just over a rebound a game. I, I think health had a lot to do with his issues because Deron Davis, as a freshman and sophomore, he came in the same class with Juwan Morgan. And to me, they looked like they were you know, was kind of Crane's last recruiting gasp. But those guys, to me, looked like they were going to be a, you know, weapons. And Morgan kind of became that. But Deron Davis got hurt, couldn't ever really stay healthy, and I think it sapped him of any kind of mobility he once had. He was a big guy, and he had some skills down low, so a rudimentary post game, a lot of potential, but just, yeah, could never get it straight physically. And then last year, as you say, really had his, his role diminished. Nine minutes a game, you know, I'd have to look it up, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played twice that as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it was it was health more than anything else there. Too bad because mm-hmm. he had potential. Uh, and part of the reason maybe he wasn't getting as many minutes is uh, the first player on this uh, returning list, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, who had a monster freshman season, um, 13 and a half points a game, 8.4 rebounds. Um, a guy who, who Michigan State fans uh, probably wanted on their side. <laughs> but as it turns out, he had a great year for Indiana. He sure did. And he was a guy, as you say, Michigan State recruited very hard um, in, uh, in, in last year's class and came close. I mean, it, it was – I think most accounts had it. It was either Michigan State or IU. And he chose IU, you know, he's an Indianapolis kid. His dad played. Dale Davis, of course, played for the Pacers for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can't fault it. Too bad because at Michigan State, he, he and Xavier Tillman playing together would have been something to behold last year. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was really good, you know, and, and it's important in that job. If you're Archie Miller, one positive is that at least with Trace Jackson Davis, you can say, Hey, the guy I got who was expected to be something, he was something. Mm-hmm. He delivered on that. And he's getting a second year out of him, which was not necessarily guaranteed. I don't think it's a total shock. But, you know, Trace Jackson Davis was a McDonald's All-American and had a really good freshman year. Another one of these big men that you look at the numbers, they're really good. And then you realize, man, we barely talked about him last year on, the, on a conference level because there were so many other guys. Yeah. He's 13 and a half points, 8.4 boards as a freshman. Hey, right at two blocks a game, 57% from the floor, 69% from the line. I mean, those are good numbers. He, things are going to go northward. Him. I, I will not be surprised if you see him make roughly the kind of jump that we saw somebody like Daniel Oturu make. Mm-hmm. If you tell me that Tracy Jackson ends this coming year averaging 20 and 10, I wouldn't bat nine. I think he's fully capable of doing that. You know, the the one thing I would say about him offensively, he had no three-point game to speak of last year. I've seen him do that. I saw him beat the family in Indianapolis on a, a corner three at the buzzer. So I know he can shoot the three. And I've seen him shoot mid-range shots mm-hmm. at that level. So it kind of strikes me more as a, a situation where they kept the reins tight on that. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying he's going to go out and, pump up four threes a game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him expand that range mm-hmm. this year because I think he's got it in him. And if he does, and I think he's going to need to do that to be an NBA player, you know, because he's big and he's strong, but 
he's not so physically dominant that, and, and the NBA game has changed so much as well that, you know, you kind of got to be able to do some other things. And so I think that would play to his advantage if he can show that. But I, I expect a big year from him, no question. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's coming in the best big man in the league, other than Garza. I guess I should say other than Garza. And honestly, between you and I, I might choose him ahead of Garza because I think Trace can actually guard somebody. But <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, so then they bring back Al Durham, 6'4", senior. Um, had the best season of his career last year, averaged 9.8 points a game. 44 from the floor, 38 from three, and 81 from the line. Um, although 38% leads IU in three-point percentage last year. <laughs> and therein lies the problem. It's not a knock on Al Durham. That's a decent number. Mm-hmm. But if that's the best you've got, yeah. I IU won last year as much as they did because they were pretty good defensively. They are really good rebounding the ball. Offensively, they were kind of a mess. It's, it's sort of been the inverse during Archie Miller's run of what happened under Tom Crean. Mm-hmm. They were always good offensively, but they couldn't guard their shadow. You know, it's kind of flipped. Um, but Al Durham's become a pretty good player, you know, and as a senior, I think they're going to lean on a lot. Um, again, maybe not a superstar, but, man, you got a guy who's a near 40% shooter from three. He's athletic, decent size, can help you a little on the ball, probably better off the ball, but – Solid defensively. That, that's that's stuff you can you can win with. So he's important for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rob Benesey, six one junior, um, who had three assists a game, scored seven point three points, um, thirty seven from the floor, thirty three from three, and seventy three from the line. Yeah, big big year for him um, because they've added a guy that I think is going to take that point guard spot, and, and that doesn't mean that Benesey still won't play a lot. And he might even still start, for all I know. But I think his role is probably going to get reduced some unless he can really uptick that shooting. You know, IU just desperately needs to shoot the ball better. And Finnessy's a guy that's hit some big shots in his time there, Mm -hmm. but he hasn't consistently been good enough. Um, So that's what I think uh, is necessary for him to take the next step forward, is just greater offensive consistency. Uh, and then they got Joey Brunk, 6'10", senior. Um, so he averaged 6.8 points a game, 5.2 rebounds uh, in his first season after transferring in from Butler. Yeah, um, a good addition. You know, another guy Michigan State recruited once upon a time, went to play for Holtman at Butler, and then transferred to IU. Um, not a superstar by any means, but... He's a big veteran body, knows how to use his size to his to his benefit. And he was a big part of their success on the glass. 6.8 points, 5.2 boards, started all but one game. I, I don't know that I think that playing he and Jackson Davis together is the best move defensively. I think I – because one thing you can say about him is mobility out on the floor is a little bit of a question. Around the rim, he's fine. But if he's got to be handling pick and rolls – that's where I think you can maybe exploit him a little bit. So I personally think he'd be better in more of a, a sub role inside, uh, probably playing some of the time with, with Jackson Davis, but not as much as he did last season. But I, I don't know what Archie Miller plays. Uh, 52% from the floor, so he understands how to play within himself. He's another guy 
along with Green, that just busted MSU last year. <laughs> yeah. So he's very effective. Uh, the one big negative, only 45% shooter at the line. That's not good for a big man. But uh, all in all, I think Brunk is an important part of their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jerome, in whatever size role he has. For sure, yeah. Uh, and then Jerome Hunter, 6'8", sophomore, uh, averaged 3.8 points a game, 2.1 rebounds in 14 minutes uh, last year. Yeah, uh, he's an X factor for me. You know, two years ago, Jerome Hunter was a very highly regarded high school player, Ohio State, out of Ohio. Ohio State wanted him. Michigan wanted him. He chose IU, and then he was hurt, and he sat out the whole year, and IU was very, very cryptic about what was going on. Some kind of lower leg injury. I don't know if they ever got specific, to be honest. Mm. But what made Hunter such a highly regarded recruit is he was 6'8", but was considered to be pretty explosive athletically. They said he had a jump shot, could do a lot of different things and help you, help you at the four, help you on the wing maybe. You know, those kind of guys are, are really invaluable in the modern game. As you know, we move toward more of a positionless kind of approach, even at the college level. Mm-hmm. And so he came back last year and played a lot. And that was the first step. So that was good. He got through a season. But the production wasn't where I think they had hoped it would be. You know, only 30% from three, only 35% overall. You know, they, they thought he was capable of doing more than that. And 60% of his attempts came deep i think they thought he was capable of doing more inside the arc than that Mm -hmm. so i think with him it's probably getting comfortable and confident enough to turn his athleticism back loose if he can do that then he's a guy who could give them some of what they lost with the departure of smith Mm -hmm. you know and then in turn make iu a lot better but I don't know where that's at. I've read that supposedly he was really good in summer workouts, but what's that going to be worth? (laughs) We'll have to see when the rubber hits the road. But he's definitely a guy who's key for them in the sense that if he's improved, boy, they could be much better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Armand Franklin, 6'4", sophomore, um, played in 13 minutes a game last year. Um, Not a ton of production, only 3.7 points a game. Uh, and struggled with his shot. Yeah, and that's the big thing. I mean, they brought him in because they thought he was versatile in his skill set, and he was tough and kind of came in with a winning mentality. They could use some of that, but he's got to shoot better than he did, bottom line. Mm. If you can't hit threes at you know any better than 27%, it's hard to justify playing you as a guard. You know? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're really bringing something else to the table. You're attempting eight free throws a night, or you are just a lockdown defender. You know, you're one of those things. Unless you're that and you shoot that poorly, it's hard to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Race Thompson, six foot six junior, um, three point seven points a game, three point nine rebounds uh, in just under fourteen minutes a game. I, I like him. You know, he's another guy kind of shuck off some injuries and and played a lot last year. His numbers aren't great, 46% overall, 30% from three, 66% from the line. But I think in a limited role, he's a guy who can help you win because he's a high-motor guy. He's got long arms, so he plays bigger than 6'6". He legitimately can play the four. And I just I just sort of feel like I don't think Race Thompson's a 15-point-a-night guy, 
but I think there's more production in him to be unlocked than we've seen thus far. I just that that's just a gut feel based on watching him. He's a guy I could I would not be surprised if we see some growth from into mm. into at least a player who maybe you play 20 minutes a game, you know, instead of 13 like he did last year. Uh, so newcomers coming in, uh, Christian Lander, six two point guard, uh, who reclassified to join the Hoosiers this year. Um, this is a, a big time recruit for them, isn't it? Big, real big. I, I would say he's the third highlight level guy that Miller has landed there. You know, the first Romeo Langford didn't work out very well. The team didn't, I mean, I picked that team to win the big 10. They didn't even make the tournament. Um, despite having Juwan Morgan and, and having uh, Romeo Langford, Romeo Langford was okay, but he just never seemed to fit comfortably. I didn't think the team didn't seem coherent. You know, last year I think went better. Trace Jackson Davis, I think, did fit. The team was a little better, and I think they're going to be better still, and he's going to be better still this year. So Christian Landers, the third guy of that caliber. he I think he would have been a McDonald's All-American if he'd stayed in the 21 class, but he elected to reclassify. He's six foot two, very explosive athlete, a guy who, from what I understand, can get to the rim pretty easily, so you'd expect he'll be able to collapse defenses quite a bit. Um I think what's going to be interesting most to me is this. The word is that Archie Miller is switching this year to much more of an emphasis on uh, pick and roll on offense. They were not a heavy pick and roll team compared with most of the league. Supposedly that has been changed. And in part, I think it's because of the arrival of a player like Lander. Mm. By, by all accounts, he should be really good in in that kind of approach. And so if he is good and he develops – a good chemistry with guys like Jackson Davis and Brunk and Hunter and Race Thompson, you know, the guys who will be setting those picks, uh, IU could be much better. I, with Lander, you know, I, I guess the one thing is his reputation is he's more of a scorer than a, a pure creator, but sometimes playing in pick and roll is is a good way to get guys like that into spots where they can more easily and naturally facilitate. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it works for IU. But I, I expect him, his addition is the main reason I've got him where I've got them instead of behind Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, it's because I think he's going to be enough of a difference maker. So I'm, I'm personally putting a lot on Christian Lander. <laughs> <laughs> but I do expect him to be really good, and I think he's going to make a difference for Indiana offensively, mm. some level of difference. Uh, and then Trey Galloway, 6'5 wing, coming in as a uh, freshman. He's a guy Michigan State recruited some, had him to Breslin on, on officials. I believe they offered him. But they, they never seemed like they were really turning the heat up uh, on, on Trey Galloway. And he's an Indiana kid, so not a surprise he opted to stay home. Uh, he's kind of more of a versatile player. Not necessarily a guy who's seen as particularly strong in any one area, but just kind of – could be a good defender, you know, could develop into a decent shooter. They think he can pass the ball, you know, do a number of things decently enough to play. I don't know how big his role looks this year, though, because, frankly, they got a lot of guys who aren't great shooters who could play and have more yeah. experience. <laughs> to me, what gives you a leg up on breaking through 
in their rotation on the perimeters if you could say, hey, I can hit a shot. Good, you're in. You're starting. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, so then uh, Anthony Leal's the 6'4 wing and uh, teammate of Galloway's in AAU. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and And I think what gives him a chance is he is known as a guy who does one thing really well, and that is shoot the ball. So if he can do that, I look at this roster and I think there's an opportunity there. You know, I, I could see a perimeter group going one of two ways. I could either imagine Lander, uh, Durham, and Finnessy, or I could see Lander, Durham, and Hunter maybe as as your starters, depending upon how uh, Archie wants to go. But there are opportunities behind that, right? Mm. So to me, you know, Leal has a chance first and foremost because I think he can hit a shot, and they need that. Uh, and then they get uh, Jordan Geronimo, six six forward, coming in. Yeah, you know, he's athletic and he's got some length. I think long term they look at him as a guy who could develop into the kind of player that Justin Smith was. And so, you know, you've always got a need as who can do a few different things in that, who fit that sort of profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I, I think they probably are expecting Jerome Hunter to fill that role. And, you know, maybe there's a spot. I mean, it's not like I use crazy deep. You know, you, you look at this team and you figure if I'm right about the starters, you got Jackson Davis and, and Brunk inside. You know, Hunter might play some there. Race Thompson will help there. But, you know, that's really it for the front court. So there's an opportunity for Geronimo to carve out a role, I think, if he's, you know, if he if he arrives kind of and he was able to get up to speed. We'll see. But long term, I think they see him as that kind of, you know, athletic guy who can do a few different things. Well, can rebound some, can get out in transition, can defend. You know, that kind of player. So it, it sounds to me like there's a lot riding on Christian Lander uh, and then some of these guys hitting shots. What's your <laughs> overall view of, of Indiana? What do they I need to you, do? I think you just hit it. <laughs> if, is Christian Lander as good as advertised? If he is, I think he gives them something that Indiana really hasn't had since Yogi Ferrell left. And that is a true orchestrator, a guy who can make other people better. That alone, I think, will help their offensive production. I, I think people don't often appreciate if you don't have, you know, something I, I wonder about with Michigan State this year, to be honest, mm-hmm. is do guys get better or at least stay the same as shooters without a great point guard getting them the ball? Because that is such a huge part of offensive efficiency for shooters is getting a pass on time and in the spot in a slot that you expected in that you needed in. Uh, and, and Indiana really hasn't had that for a, a couple of years now. If Lander is that guy, uh, then they're going to be better. I think if he's the scorer, I think he can be, they'll probably be better because they just need somebody to go get a bucket at times. Uh, I'm going to watch how, if the talk about moving toward more of a pick and roll based offense is accurate and then how effective they are in doing that, that'll be something worth watching. And then related to all that, as you say, do they have guys who are capable of going up a level as shooters? Uh, 
Because I, I think they're going to be pretty good defensively again. It's hard to imagine them not be, not being that. You know, they, they've got guys who can who know how to play. Archie Miller has proven he knows how to coach defensively. Um, so to me, it's just where they slot in comes down to how much better they can get on the offensive end. Okay. Well, that'll do it for uh, Indiana. Until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.